right. So we're back in Proverbs chapter 3. Picking up in verse 5. And so we started into uh, this paragraph that has these couplets, uh, two verses tied together. And so if somebody would go ahead and start there at 5, but read the whole paragraph through 12. Uh, so that we get each of them and we'll go from there. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, but uh, in own eyes fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with your, with the fruit, first fruit of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as father the son delights. And so we had talked about at the beginning of last week's lesson how the whole paragraph really just talks and talks about how with everything that we are, we need to be trusting in God. We need to have that faith. We need to be believing in Him. And so then he just brings out some different areas for us to be able to put that into practice, to basically be living out the wisdom that He wants us to have. And so let's go ahead and look specifically. Let's walk back through the couplets now. And so somebody read us 5-6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So what is trust? How do we define it? Releasing control. Okay. All right. Somebody else want to add in? Trust. A firm belief that prompts your action. A little bit louder again. A firm belief that prompts your action. Okay. All right. Somebody else? When you think of trust. <coughs> You're basically leaning on a person or a thing that will do its job or its responsibility. Okay. So when he says, trust the Lord with all your heart, <coughs> what would be the opposite of that? What's he trying to make sure that we do versus what sometimes we... Trust in yourself. What's that? Fear and worry. Say again, Daniel. Fear and worry. Fear and worry. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I think of it more Trusting as me uh, taking it on myself okay. rather than having the All right. faith and confidence in, in who God is. Okay, so it could be fear and worry. It could be just trusting in ourselves more than we trust in God. All right. Constantly questioning. Say it. Constantly questioning. Okay. Constantly questioning. And and here's where we you know we always need to clarify. It's totally okay for us to ask God <coughs> questions. We don't need to question Him though, because there's a nuance of a difference there when you ask God questions versus you questioning God. What are we doing when we are questioning God? Thinking wrong. Doubting yeah. Him. Yeah, we're thinking doubting. He's gone. We're doubting Him on that part. But when we ask God questions, what are we doing? Trying to understand. Yeah, we're trying to understand. We're trying to find answers. Good, good. Okay. 
All right, somebody else there. Um, so trusting in the Lord with all your heart, what opposite of that? Only part of your heart. Okay. So how can we do that? How, how does that come out within our lives where we're only partially trusting God? We say it, but we don't do it. Okay, say but don't follow up with actions. How else do we do a partial trusting? Look at yourself for, for answers. Okay. Look for answers. All right. Not going to him with... <clears throat> not seeking his wisdom and guidance like for a, a big decision or something. Just okay. Go, oh, okay. Alright. So let's go. That leads us kind of into then the second part of verse 5. And do not lean on your own understanding. So, so what is Solomon challenging us not to do? Not to trust in ourselves. Or not to think that we know everything. Okay, not to trust in ourselves that we think we know everything. We're okay. trying to figure it all out. Okay, say that again, Ryan. We're tr like not trying to figure it all out. Okay, all right. We think we have it. Sandy? Not to be wise on your own eyes. Just a little bit, a little bit. Not to be wise in your own eyes. So what does that mean, not to be wise in our own eyes? You want to give us a little bit more? You want me to throw it to the group? Okay. So, so what does that mean to, to, to not look at ourselves and be wise in our own eyes? So, so um, the strong translation talks about says to hide for refuge and trusting. So like to speedily go towards refuge. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going towards refuge, then you're leaving behind your own ways. And okay. So like leaning not on your own understanding, being like, don't do what you've always done. Okay. Yep. We want change in a more godly, Christ-like transformation direction. Okay, so let's circle back to, to Sandra's here, though. Chan, you, you want to circle us back to? Yeah. Not okay. Go ahead. It feels like it feels like um, what she's saying is just like justifying the doings that uh, even though it's wrong. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're making ourselves out to be wise when we're really not wise. Okay. All right. Great. I saw him. I guess. Uh, I struggled with more earlier in life, and now I kind of catch myself mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. But sometimes uh, it's like the Bible, the rules in the Bible or the guidance are like in a vacuum. So, but we live in the real world. So sometimes you've got to bend the rules for the real world. And as I've gotten older, I realize that okay. it, it is in a vacuum. You can apply it all the time. Okay. As believers, what is our biggest gift? Okay. Some of you could have said grace, and I'd agreed with that part, but I was looking for the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we get grace first, then we get the Holy Spirit there. How does the Holy Spirit help with understanding? Conviction. Okay, bringing us conviction when we have sin. How else does the Holy Spirit help us with, with understanding? I think this is part of revelation. Go ahead. I was just saying enlightenment revelation. Okay, Brian. I think this is part of the mystery of, of the faith. Is I, I don't really know how the Holy Spirit does it, but mm -hmm. I know that when I'm dialed in more, it's better. Okay. Somehow he brings it out to us, out of us. Great. Eric. What's going to say discernment? What's discernment? Being able to... Understand and navigate yourself in uh, what could be a major challenge. Definitely good. Yeah, I was thinking about it anyway. It seems like 
the bigger the decision or maybe the bigger trial of your life, you find yourself pivoting more toward God. And that's when your enlightenment, your Holy Spirit really leads on you. And that's when that is, you get the direction, right? Mm-hmm. Good. Obviously, you're the one that makes it. Yes. Uh, there, there's God's part and there's our part. We need to make sure that we trust him for his part, but yet we need to take ownership and really get after our part, you know, living out the faith on that. So then in six, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So the first part of six, in all your ways acknowledge him. How can we acknowledge God? Let's just, let's just rapid fire. What is one way that you can acknowledge God in your life? Somebody who's first. Adopting his values and priorities as your own. Okay, next. Giving thankfulness. <clears throat> yeah, good. Next. Putting first in your life. Okay, all right. How we respond to our success or failure. Okay. Okay. Praise. Okay. How, how else can we acknowledge God in our life? Your walk. I heard the praise. Miriam no. said submission. She said submission. Oh, submission. Okay, good. Evangelization. Evangelization. I think of a constant state of prayer. Like, when I don't understand, I take it to the Lord. Lord, help me understand. When something good happens, thank you, Lord. Like, just this, it's almost like this constant dialogue with the Lord. Oh, I definitely think praying without ceasing, you know, is really part of that. Good. Somebody else. How else can we acknowledge God in our life? Obedience. Yeah. I think too, just realizing there's nothing good inside of me on my own apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you know, that can be a challenging realization, but yet it can be so free to be able to admit that in and of ourselves, we bring nothing to the table. But yet because of our relationship with God and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he brings everything to the table with us, for us. You know, and that can be so free. Nate? No, I'm, I'm reminded when we went through the James series, and if you go back to James mm-hmm. 5.13, he says, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful, right? He should sing praises. Mm-hmm. So I think, and trust means to rely on, right? So in every situation, right, we are relying on God, no matter, no matter the situation. But at times, and then there are times when we have to wait on the Lord, which means we have to be patient, right? But that becomes difficult because we're impatient, right, by nature, right? And we want things to happen right away, which then causes us not to trust or rely on him and to try to do it our way. So we tend to fall right back to doing it. So I'll just, So now let's do to the then part, all right? We kind of walked through the if part in five and the first part of six. So then, then. He will make straight your paths. What, what is that? What is God doing when he's making our paths straight? He will guide us. Okay, bringing guidance. What else, what's else, what else is going on when he's making our paths straight? I say it makes it easier in some ways. Instead okay. of going all okay. around, this is just straight path. Okay, giving us guidance, making it easier. Allowing the Holy Spirit to enter into us to, to guide us. Oh, definitely. You know, that, that that's the whole intention with the Holy Spirit being there. Good. Somebody else. It brings, it brings a purpose and a destination. It's pointing us towards mm-hmm. the things of God. Yeah, I like that. That, you know, that clear destination, clear going forward. 
Somebody else. What, what, what's going on there when our paths are being made straight? He will provide, he will bring the right people into our lives to guide us with our navigation. And not only uh, bring the right people in for, you know, helping to guide us, but what else about other people does God do bringing into yeah. our life? Allows us to pour ourselves into them. Yeah. You know, when, when we're on that straight path, he's going to bring other people along that we can help come along on the straight path also with us. And so God will do it both ways. He'll bring us people to help us stay on the straight path, but then he's going to bring us people that we need to help keep on the straight path. So when we think straight path, what's the opposite of the straight path? Crooked path. The crooked path. Okay. So what's the difference between the straight path and the crooked path? Reminds me of the prodigal son. I'm thinking of that right okay. now. When, you know, he went and squandered his father's wealth. And okay. then he comes back and he's sorrowful. And, he, and the father welcomes him back. It just sets the picture I'm getting you talking. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> One lead, leads to eternal life, the other one leads to eternal damnation. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there's a spiritual truth there, um, and then there's also a, a tangible earthly truth. I think the spiritual truth of you know, <laughs> being saved, uh, and then the earthly truth of if I don't take a whole bunch of side, side detours that really I don't need to do, you know, the Lord will take me straight there. You know, as, as quickly as as I can, really. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know, wandering around for weeks, months, maybe years, do, doing my own thing, and then finally, kind of coming back. I think of it like a trail. You know, if you're climbing a mountain or something, like, it's going to be a lot more effort. You know, it's uh, it's going to make you more tired than if you just had like the straight path. So it doesn't say it in here, but I think there's an allusion to it. What is the one key difference between being on the straight path and walking the crooked path? The straight one, God's with you. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. So, so if he's with us and we're with him, then what are we not doing? Lost? Well, we wouldn't be lost. We are relying on him. To me, the element that I see within there is sin. You know, within the straight path, we're not sinning. You know, you know, he's coming alongside us. We're focusing everything in on him. And so we've removed the sin. We've died to sin. And that's how we're able to stay on the straight path. But yet, if we backtrack and we bring sin into our life and we undo what we've just talked through on the first parts of those verses there, then we're back into sin. And that's when sin sin's going to divert us to the left and to the right. You know, and so that's where you know, we have to admit that, that that's under our control, you know, whether we sin or we don't sin. And so that's where he's going to be with us, and he's going to try to help us stay on that straight and narrow path. But yet we also have to make sure we're making decisions and, and, and aligning ourselves with sin-free on that. You know, I believe that obedience to his will and not my will will direct me on that right path. Yes. And we come back to my simple picture of God's will for you, don't sin. People want to get very philosophical with what is God's will for your life. I'll just be very straight with you. God's will for your life is that every decision you make is sin free. There you go.
if you just worry about that, or don't worry about it, but if you just focus on that, don't make sinful choices, whatever comes up in front of you, that's God's will for your life. Right? You don't have to like read into the tea leaves and all that to figure it all out. Uh, he just wants you to live without sin. Be like Jesus. Grow in Jesus. Somebody else had a hand. I did. Adam. I'm going to try not to butcher this. Good. So, <laughs> I also think about sharing testimony, right, or talking mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. Gonna, you acknowledge that because of, of God's love for me and Christ's um, you know, Christ's sacrifice, like, that's how I'm saved. And it provides you that in while you're talking to somebody. You may not know how you're going to approach them, how you're going to bring up that conversation. Um, and it, he provides that He provides that direction. Mm-hmm. And Because I, I think about Paul, how he was not good with his words, but yet he was able to accomplish so much with, with God. Good. All right, let's jump into the next couplet. Seven, eight. Somebody give us a read. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So this ties right in off of what Sandra was saying in the last two verses there. Be not wise in your own eyes. So we kind of already talked to that. Uh, So fearing the Lord. We talked about this uh, last spring. I forget what passage we were in uh, there in in Ephesians. But uh, we talked about the fear of the Lord. So what did we talk about there? Somebody that was here. We had a great discussion that day. What, what is fearing God, fearing the Lord? Beginning in wisdom. Okay, it does. Yes. All right, so we've got a connection there. Somebody else. Fearing the Lord, what does that mean? Healthy respect. Healthy respect. Okay. Somebody else? Love and reverence. Dare say it again? Love and reverence. Mm-hmm. Good. Somebody else? Acknowledgement of His presence. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we have Lord there uh, in ESV translation. What What's the Hebrew word that's there? Yahweh. Okay, Yahweh. All right, just make, make sure everybody's seeing that. And what is Yahweh? What is that term? Covenant name for God. Say it again, Darius. Covenant name for God. Yeah, so, so, you know, so that is you know God's personal name for him that he gave us on that. Jan? Recognition that he is holy and he's the one um, being that is just and and the one that is going to be the just the one that stands um, righteousness. So. so notice how in the second part of ver- oh, sorry, Miss Jan, what was that last? Sorry, part? and and he's the one that'll judge us. Definitely. So in the second part of verse seven, there, you know, he gives us two opposites: fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Okay. So <clears throat> in our lives, as Believers in 2024, what are tangible things this week that we can do or we will need to do that will be turning away from evil? (coughs) Let's be specific. What's something that is going to come up very likely in your life this week? And you're like, if I do that, that'll be me turning away from evil. Praying rather than returning the sharp word. Okay, there you go. Somebody says something to you. And, you know, instead of saying something sharp back to them, you just talk to God about it. Arlie? Not listening to gossip. Oh, there you go. Uh, Somebody's gossiping, and and you just walk away. Uh, You make a light statement about, you know, that's not a healthy comment to make. 
Uh, but you stand in the gap there, good. What else is turning away from evil for us this week? Being submissive to my husband. Yeah, I mean, we... <laughs> 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 I didn't hear that. What is that, Lana? Some of you have a, a heavier cross to bear as wives <laughs> in being submissive, and so, you know, try to do that. Yeah. Uh, some of your husbands don't make that easy. The counter would be husbands could be. Say, sorry, sorry. The counter would be husbands could be loving towards Yeah, getting ready to bring that Yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 Of being submissive to Christ. Yes. That's a, that's a pretty big task. Too, so. yeah, that whole love and respect, you know, <laughs> if, if as husbands or as wives, we have to do each of those, that is turning away from evil because turning to evil is doing the opposite of that. Yeah. Right, good. Somebody else, what else could be an example this week of us turning away from evil? To dovetail off what Darius said, dealing with my children mm -hmm. and answering them in a kind Christ-like manner when they do something that's not wrong but is frustrating or upsetting. Or a repeated action. Well, and you've talked to them about would, multiple who times. Would, who would do that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a gentle answer. Gentle answer? Yeah. Good. Okay. I would say before making any decision or like the words that you say, think, think taking a time to think Rather than give an intermediate, uh, just like, just, yeah, immediate response, because that would always lead to disaster. Yeah, good. If you think back through, when we give time for pause, time for thinking back through, as Chan just said there, what we're really doing is giving us an opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit, bring us the right wisdom, the right answer that we need in that moment. You know, that, that's, that's what our intentionality should be doing. Not, you know, pausing to think about, you know, how we're going to come back at them and use our own wisdom. Uh, you know, we're not using our own wisdom. Yeah, we're not using our own wisdom. Okay, so now let's finish up with eight and, and the, the, the then. Uh, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Mike, it says that in here, in my in Schofields, it says marrow to thy bones. And it just reminds me of that stuff inside that mm -hmm. helps so much mm -hmm. inside your bones. Mm -hmm. It brings strength, healing, vitality, everything to your bones. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I do. So, yeah. so how, how can Solomon be making a link here from our physical body? Because I truly think... He's talking literally yeah. about the body, okay, in this verse, okay? So he's linking spiritual focus in seven into literal physical well-being in eight. How does God do that? How, how does he work it where spiritual focus brings us more healthiness physically? Layton. Uh, I think uh, it's in the word fear. Uh, recently, I've had to study the difference between love, fear, and hate. Okay. And uh, so, um, fear it, it very necessarily needs to be used because it's it's a rational term. Okay. As opposed to love and hate, those are irrational. 
And so like when you fear, it isn't just like a negative. You can, fearing you know a positive that you can get from the power mm -hmm. and also a negative repercussion from the power. So if you fear the Lord, not only is that wisdom, but like you know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what you're made for. You know that if you don't do that, there's going to be negative repercussions. And if you do what you're supposed to, there's going to be positive. So that, that's kind of refreshing. You're going to get the benefits. That'll be refreshing. And you're also not going to get the negatives. Yeah. If we think through that, because that fearing the Lord is going back to trusting in Him. Right? But if we fear life, which would be the opposite of fearing God, what does fearing life literally bring into our body? Stress, worry, anxiety. Aging. Yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, you know, studies have shown that. They've done studies on that where, you know, that can really bring age onto your body and all the things that come with age that those that are older, we just know naturally from that. So, so a couple other people. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully did that myself. So, so a couple other people. Uh, how is God making this connection between that spiritual part being right with God, having that right focus, fearing Him, turning away from evil, can literally help our body? So it's so the connection, as you just mentioned, is in trusting and relying uh, and waiting even on the Lord, as opposed to. Trusting, relying, trying to make it happen in, on yourself. <clears throat> Isaiah forty thirty one, right? Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, mount wings like eagles, run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. Similar idea. Yes. Good. Can I see a hand over here, somebody? <clears throat> I think we're we're going to see this later on in Proverbs, where he talks about what you know, what wisdom isn't, and going down a, a path of unrighteousness. If you physically go if you physically don't, or if you separate yourself from God and go down a wicked path, unsavory things happen to you, like physically unsavory things, such as death or you know something like that. So it's it's not only like, hey, you're gonna have good health, but like, no, the fear of the Lord may keep you alive. Yep. So last week we go, Darius. Um, I was just gonna say, um, it, in thinking about fearing the Lord, loving the Lord, turning toward Him, um, it, it changes one's outlook on life. Um, it reminds me of Hebrews 12 where it says, you know, for the joy that was set before in Christ endured the cross. Um, one thing I think that's been sobering for me is remembering that as a Christian, things aren't always going to be easy. As a matter of fact, I'm going to suffer, but um, what I'm suffering toward is joy. Arlene? Um, I was just going to say it can be a great release. Say that one time? Because you are not in control. It's a great release. Release. Mm -hmm. I like that word. Yeah. And you're not in control. God's in control. Mm -hmm. And you might not be happy all the time, but you have the joy. This is God's plan. And, that, and that's where I wanted to finish on. Just like we talked about last week, as Solomon is walking us through these, are any of these 100% guaranteed? No. Okay, so that's what we have to understand. Because we live in a fallen, broken world, our bodies are deteriorating. They're naturally breaking down. And so if we're walking with the Lord, if we're fearing the Lord and we're turning away from evil, that's going to help us have a healthier body, have a stronger body. But it's not a guarantee that we're not going to have a cold or the flu or even get cancer. So then we have to flip it on the other side. 
we have to make sure that we understand that when people have bodies that are breaking down, that doesn't mean that they're living in sin. Right. Okay? Now, it could. Okay, it could. But we can't be the judge of that. All right? So we need to make sure we're looking at that with a proper balance in both of those directions. Mike, right? so I'm reminded back in 6 where it says he will direct your paths, you know, make your path straight. Sometimes the road that God sets for us in his side is straight, but for us, we're going to take some turns. So long as we don't take the wrong exit, like Heidi's husband said earlier, you know, we don't take any detours. I know that those were his words. But our path is not always going to be just clear cut straight. As long as we stay on his path. Yes. But, like everything else, because he'll set us, he'll guide us, he'll lead us, but then here comes somebody and tries to deter us. Oh, yes. We can't let us be deterred right. on that. Good. Nate, you want to close the word prayer, please? Sure. Father, we thank you for your word, which is powerful. <coughs> we just thank you that it's not only powerful, but comforting and helps us to grow. And I ask that you would take what we, help us to take what we've learned uh, this morning, Lord, and to put it into practice in our lives, starting now and throughout the rest of this week until we meet again next week, Lord. And we just thank you for our brothers and sisters <coughs> here. Just thank you for our time here together in fellowship. I just ask that you would be glorified, Lord, be with Pastor Sean as he brings the message in the 1045 service. And may all who are here, Lord, worship you in spirit and in truth. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs>